This morning, what I want to do, we're going to start out a new series that I'm really excited about. And what we're going to do, we're going to, the title of our series is Kingdom Come. Today's message is Kingdom Come. But the series is Thy Kingdom Come. And so have you ever asked yourself, you know what, why is there so much hatred in the world? Why is there so much racism in the world? Why is there so much tension in politics and religion? Why are there so many religions and, and, and we have so much conflict? Why can't we just love one another and get along here on this earth, right? Now, have you ever thought those things? And you know, will, will, will we ever have global peace, harmony on earth? We, if you ask these questions, it can cause you to, some people can get depressed by thinking about those things. And others, it just exposes sometimes our deficiencies and sometimes wonder, how do, how do we answer that? How do we say that? How do we describe that? You said, however, I declare what I want to do this morning, I want to give you hope. I want to give you excitement that in this series that we'll present solutions to how we can help this world. Is that all right? Amen. And so the solution is not found in religion, politics, or an idea that's misunderstood. See, why is, what is the idea? The idea is the kingdom of God. Say it with me, kingdom of God. See, we're calling this series, Thy Kingdom Come. Many of you grew up reciting the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on, in earth as it is in heaven. Let me just stop right there. See, when the word kingdom comes, people think of heaven. Oh, the kingdom, heaven. You see, however, the kingdom is much more than just that. See, the kingdom is now and it's to come. If we think the kingdom is just some day, we want, can I say, you won't attempt to bring anything, you won't, you won't attempt to do anything here on earth right now. You see, when kingdom comes, it changes things. You see, when, we need God's kingdom to come and change our nation. We need God's kingdom to come and change our community. We need God, God's kingdom to come and change our families. You see, how many of you want to see change? Come on. See, here, here lies the challenge. What, what we all want to do, we all want to see change, but we rarely are willing to change ourselves. What is God's desire when, what is God's desire when we pray thy kingdom come? You know what? I love coming to this campus because y'all ask good questions. <laughs> so in order to understand the kingdom, you must go back to the beginning. If you're going to find the purpose of something, where it lies, you have to go back to the beginning so you know the purpose. God has a purpose for every one of us. How many of you believe that? But sometimes we need to get to have a perspective of what God wants. Perspective is when you're a child, you receive correction. When you're a, a parent, you give correction. And when you're a grandparent, you just get perspective. You see, what happens is we can't look through the eyes of our lenses, but we need Jesus contact lenses that we begin to see the way God intended for his kingdom to be seen. See, if we're going to go before anything was, point one is before anything was, God is. Say, God, say it when you say God is. See, man, y'all are, I like this crowd this morning. Okay, and see, in the beginning, God created, this is Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. See, the word God denotes it's, he's self-existing. One, he's self-sufficient. It describes one, 
one that needed nothing or no one to exist. It's just God. In other words, God, therefore, God is not a name, but rather a description of God's character. You see, God began creating the heavens and the earth, which made him rule, ruler or king. In other words, it's because God is love. God is fulfilled when he gives and shares himself. God created man. See, there's no greater love. See, God's love is the greatest force in the universe. The love of God can break down every prideful decision that we ever make. How many of you have run into the God of love? That all of a sudden you were going your way, doing your own thing, and all of a sudden someone, God used someone, something, somewhere to get your attention. And in that you saw it's not religion, it's that relationship. Wait, wait, it's a person. The king, you see, God wants us to understand. See, the second point is this man was created for the purpose of rulership. And leadership. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you're asking good questions. Let's go on. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And so he says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let us, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. Another verse said, The fowl of the earth. And that's what I always quote when I go goose and duck hunting. Anyway. That's right, even acts, you know, rise, kill, and eat. Anyway, so anyway, just, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And that's for all the ladies that are afraid of mice. I heard a lady one time, she was so afraid of mice, that literally she went to a meeting and God began to get fear out of people. And she says, I need to get fear. She goes, I go and I have fear. Every time I saw my, I, I can see a woman that can be confident. And a mouse comes out, there, they lose it. I'm not going to talk about my wife right now, but anyway, just I remember her first edition when we first came to Louisiana, coming from from uh, Washington State, and she saw one of our local tree roaches. <laughs> now, if you live in South Louisiana, if you're watching online somewhere else, you don't understand. We have roaches that are on steroids. Yeah. And I never forget, she saw one. I thought she saw a rat or something. It was like, roach! And I had to take dominion. But I heard this lady, she had fear. And God delivered her fear, and God called her to the mission field. And because she had a bright perspective and God touched her life, she would be in huts in Africa ministering to people, and she would hear lions at night scratching at the door. And she would wake up because God had taken fear from her and said, you know what? I'm tired. I'm going to bed, Lord. That's your concern. God bless you. Amen. She went back to bed. God can turn things around in all of our lives. Amen? Amen. See, see, dominion, it means this. It means kingdom to rule, to reign, to master. The first thing man had, was given was by his creator was a kingdom. See, he, did, he didn't say, let us have dominion over the earth. He established mankind as a legal authority on earth with the power of attorney to act on his behalf. 
In other words, man was created with the dominion mandate representing the kingdom government of God on the earth. See, the kingdom of God is, is the only kingdom in which every citizen is designated to be a king. In other words, that's why Jesus is given the name King of Kings. See, Peter says that you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own possession. In other words, God looked at you and he picked you out of the crowd. He says, I'm going to work in them. I'm going to reveal myself to them. I'm going to show them that they're mine. I was in Bible college. A friend had a, a, a dream. He was picking teams in his dreams, and he didn't get picked. And his name was Frank Zomkowski. He was Polish. He wasn't from Poland, but he was from, he was, I think he was from Cincinnati. But he, he had, you know, okay, okay. He talked like that in his dream. And he goes, okay, okay, you team one. Okay, okay, you team two. Okay, 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 you three. He's picking all of his teams, and he gets to the end. He goes, hey, 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 what team am I on? He had a nightmare. He didn't get picked in his own dream. And for many of us, we go, well, God wouldn't want me because here's what we do. Here's how the enemy works. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've done. I've been this. I've done that. Look at me. God takes every one of us. People put a never on us. But listen to me. God never puts a never on anybody ever. Only people do. And God loves taking those ones and he goes, oh, them? Yeah, I'm going to show you. I can do that. I can change them. See, I just want you, it was never God's plan to establish a religion to rule us, but a royal family to rule with. You see, who would, who would spread his invisible kingdom on this, on this visible earth? Well, you're asking the question, let me explain. The third point is the greatest threat to thy kingdom is my kingdom. Okay, let me ask you a question. How many of you like doing your own thing sometimes? How many, when you've done your own thing, you go, that was dumb? Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? God just lets, God lets us figure out things. Perhaps the greatest crime committed on any kingdom or every nation is treason. If you know anything about American history, there was a guy named Benedict Arnold. He was a general in the Continental Army, and what happened is they, they, he had sent a messenger out, and in the messenger's hand was actually the papers of a plan to surrender the fort of West Point in New York to the British or the Redcoats. And the guy that was with the note was in cahoots with Benedict Arnold. And that guy, because it was called high treason, because he got caught with the note that was making a plan to give up the fort to surrender to the English, they hung him on the spot. And Benedict Arnold was a traitor, and he fought against, he fought against us. He, turned, he was a general that turned to be a general in the English army. He was, he was a... We would like to call, they're a traitor. How many of you have ever been betrayed? Come on, let's go, come on. How many you been hurt by someone that said something? Okay, listen, so we all know the feeling. We all know, think about God. See, it's only a crime, it's the only crime, even in America, receiving the death penalty. The fall of man was not just an act of disobedience, but it was an act of treason. 
Adam and Eve committed the ultimate act of betrayal, deserving the penalty of death. Are y'all with me? Adam declared independence. I'm gonna do my own thing. From his kingdom government and severed his relationship with the king of heaven. Adam not only lost his kingdom, but he he also lost the most important relationship his relationship with God Adam went from thy kingdom come to my kingdom and everything fell apart the reason we have trouble in life is because we want to be our own God okay look at me how many of you just love to do your own thing at one time come on come on drop the halo We all have. The Bible says we've all, all of us have fallen short. And get, think about it. You were doing your best, and yet you were still miserable on the inside. Yeah. Oh, Pastor Bob, I used to go shake a leg and honky-tonk. Hey, boy. Come on, Shaq. Come on. But then you came. You would wake up in the morning or wake up in the middle of the night and go, wait a minute. <laughs> Something's not right here. Things just don't line up. Everybody's telling me if I do this and I do that and I become this, then all of a sudden we begin to realize we begin to wear masks to try to cover our pain, cover our lives, cover up the holes in our lives. But what I love is in 2 Corinthians, listen to this, in chapter 5, verse 15. He said, he died for who? No, say that again, for who? everyone so that those who receive his new life will what? No longer live for what? Themselves. Instead they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. You know what I love about the Bible? Jesus came to deliver us from the bondage of ourselves. Think about it. The cross. Put it on the ground. It points to the east, points to the west, points to the north, points to the south. That means that everybody, in every direction that Christ died for. One part of the cross looks towards heaven. The other is buried in the earth, pointing somewhere else. The other side of the cross is where they put Jesus' hands. And he said, the whole world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him will never perish. The power of the kingdom. I've learned this. If you bow, you learn to bow your heart and your life to Jesus you'll never bow your knee to anybody else's allegiance we don't need more light we don't need more truth we just need to live in obedience you see where is God specifically calling you to die to yourself so you can live for the kingdom much bigger than your own 
Nothing will change our lives in which we're willing to submit to the kingdom and the kingdom. You know what? There was an altar that the Jewish, the Jewish uh, priest would come and that altar represented two things. It represented sacrifice and it represented death. And see, here's the thing. There may be something God, by His Spirit, is speaking to you. What is it that God's been calling you to do for His kingdom? In your family, in your life, in your business, in your work. Maybe He's got, I want you to give this time. I'm not the Holy Spirit. But when I say it, I know God does things in people's hearts and their consciences. What is it that you need to die to? My wife was teasing me the other day. I found this new ice cream. She goes, how many have you bought of that? I wanted to lie. I go, uh, four or five. Maybe six. Now, y'all know I love Bluebell, right? I mean, okay. But I found this Ben and Jerry's. It's got sweet cream, salted caramel, with blonde brownies don't run to go get it I'm not telling you where my source is and so the LSU game was starting like she goes you getting your ice cream shut up and this morning I just go you know what I gotta die to that stuff because if I keep eating that I'm gonna look like a full gospel preacher all the time <laughs> yeah past the bubble coming through open both doors I don't want to be a fat preacher in a skinny gospel. <laughs> the fourth point is this. Quit it, Tracy. It's my wife laughing. <laughs> she wants something now, too. <laughs> no, I died. No longer will Ben and Jerry's resurrect in my house. Anyway, just... Let's get back to the message. Fourth point is God's intent is to rule the earth through relationship with him, not through religion. Amen. Listen to this portion of scripture. Man, it's so good. If you know, Paul's writing to the Corinthians. The Corinthians are, are like, they're like the nasty of nastiest people. No, Really? They were vile. They were wicked. They were just like crazy stuff. If you read what he wrote to the book in Corinthians, they were just bad folk. Are you hearing me? Oh, that's the bouillons from the other side of the bayou. They all like that. The daddy was like that. The mama. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Uh-oh. Here come the big one. You know? But here's what it says, 2 Corinthians. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself no longer counting people's sins against them think about it, that's us and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation that means bringing back restoring calling out are you hearing me when people write you off goes I'm coming I'm coming for you and he says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. I love that. That means we represent. Amen. He said, God is making his appeal through us. Through us.
coming back. But you know, they did a survey a while back. They said that 95% of Christians that live today consider themselves baby Christians. Now listen to me, 95% are they're just, they're at a point where they're still drinking milk. Why can't people have a, you know why people can't have a vision? You know why can't people can't have a passion? Because they're still a child. That's like having an aircraft carrier that costs billions of dollars and the Boy Scouts are running it. We laugh, but that's sad. That makes me think, wait a minute. Something ain't right. Something needs to rise up in us. Something needs to disturb. We represent the king. We're ambassadors. And look what it says. God is making his appeal through who? Through who? Us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin. Okay, how many of you have ever blown it? Okay, put the halo down. How many of you have ever just like, you just full off and just did something stupid? Come on, sin. Okay. Look at me, we all have. The Bible says we've all fallen short. See, for God made Christ, who never, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ, through Jesus. Jesus was put on a cross, guys. And a cross was a bloody mess. He was whipped with lashes. It wasn't a pretty sight. It was grotesque. Blood, dogs, licking the blood. People around, mocking, saying things. It was a mess. Couldn't even recognize him. That's what our Lord did for us. He said, while you were yet sinners, I came and I died for you. Jesus said, I, can't, I didn't come to do my own thing. I came to do the will of the Father. Amen. There's a story of a guy that was a very wealthy man. Very wealthy. And he had a great, elaborate collection of art. And in that art, he was so excited about his art. And, and he had a son. And him and his art, his son began to get excited together about art. Because his son was loving the stuff that his father loved to do. And they would get all these different pieces of art. And the son got older. And as he got older, he decided to join the Marines. And when he joined the Marines, he didn't realize this, but they shipped him off to Vietnam. And he went to Vietnam, and he was tragically killed father's heart was broken many years later the father died and then art people from all over the world heard that there was going to be an auction at this incredible artwork and so people began to come to this, this place, this house this meeting place and they saw the art, there was there was Van Gogh's and Monier's and there was just this vast collection and people were just, oh, look at that. Oh, 
then people are making plans and all of a sudden the auctioneer gets up and he says he's about to start and all of a sudden the attorney comes he goes excuse me ladies and gentlemen my client specifically wanted me to come up and let you know that before we start the bid we're going to bid on a portrait of the owner's son he's going to be and people are like oh come on we came here for the real art would you come on let's get on with the auction people oh, it's like your kids at the Walmart line oh mom please let's get to the real stuff auction goes who give me a hundred dollars hundred dollars no one said anything then one of his buddies that was in the army the, the marines when he said hey I'll give you 20 the auctioneer goes 20 once 20 20 twice 20 dollars sold to the highest bidder right after that the attorney steps back up and he goes the auction has ceased my client informed me that whoever bid on the sun gets everything. The auction is closed. Listen to me. When you get the sun, you get everything. You get everything. You get everything. The father came to represent. See, the father came to present his kingdom, to share his life. The son came to represent his father. And out of, out of honor, God lifted his son as he lifted the father. If you have Jesus, you have the kingdom. You have the kingdom. Come on, I'm excited. God's good. God's goal is that our lives would be shaped by a worship of him and nothing else. As ambassadors, we must sacrifice our kingship before we can properly represent the true king. I love the thing I love about the Apostle Paul. He was so incredibly full on smart. Not like me. He was just brilliant. He'd been discipled. He was, he was a Jew. He, was, he, was, he, was, he was, had all the pedigree. He'd gone to the finest, what you consider universities. He was learned. He had a commission to take out the church from the religious group. He killed young Stephen, who's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. He approved of his death. He was, the Bible says he was breathing threats against the church or God's kingdom. And as he was, he was riding a mule on Damascus Road. And as he was riding, a bright light showed up. And he said, Saul, Saul. And he goes, who are you? I'm Jesus who you're persecuting. He literally, 
I like it. In the King James, he was knocked off his ass. I like some of us, that's what needs to happen to us. Hey, I'm not cussing. I'm just saying that's what King James said. You have a problem with that? Come on. But the thing I love is that the Bible says he bowed. Can I tell you something? Paul, when he bowed before the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, he never bowed his knee to anyone else. Because listen to me. When you bow your heart and your, and your soul and your life to the King of Kings and to the kingdom of God, and you're in his presence, you'll never bow to people's opinions. Because you're more concerned about representing the king. You're an ambassador. You see, here's the cool thing. The Bible refers to a man's relationship to God. These, these are some phrases it uses. Servants, saints, ambassadors, sons of God, citizens of heaven, kings, priests, God's workmanship, children of God. But not officially are they ever, listen to me, are referred to as Christians. Christianity was never a term given to us by Jesus or the apostles. The term Christian was never to be a title nor a label that we wore. It was a lifestyle that we lived and we demonstrated the nature of Christ's likeness. Are you hearing me? Christian is supposed to be a description of the culture of the kingdom being exhibited through our lives. This is why the first believers were called Christians by the early observers. See, they were humble. Their lifestyle. They had power. They had boldness. They had Christ-like authority. They would stand before rulers like Paul. Festus saw it, knew his pedigree. And he says, Paul, you almost persuaded me. Here he was. He was a man in chains. But can I tell you something? He was alive on the inside. The person that really had chains on the inside of them was Festus. Even though he wasn't chains on the outside. Look at me. That was my life. I could look free, funny, go crazy, do all kinds of different things. And you too. Come on, Shad. But on the inside, I was a slave. A slave in that time would have a brand put on the back of their neck and right in their foot so they knew who ownership was. But the Bible says that we all of a sudden we go from slavery, look at me, to love slaves. Because see, when you're dead, it's not your opinion that matters anymore. Matthew says this. Let me wrap this up. Matthew 5, verses 3 through 6 says this. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Come on. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. 
2,000 years ago, Jesus announced the problem and the solution of mankind's dilemma. He identified the truth that all humanity is spiritually poor, which means that we all lack and we all have need. Come on. He declared the solution is not religion, but his kingdom. He saw the coming kingdom as the comfort to those that mourn. His reference to the hunger of all mankind was for righteousness, was simply a recognition that their right relationship and their right positioning is a guarantee to be satisfied by the kingdom of God. How many of you know that God makes dead people come alive? Come on, look around here. A lot of us, we're dead. How many believe God still makes dead people alive? Okay, look at me. Then listen to me. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to be good. You don't have to be wise. You don't have to know everything. You just need to be dead. And you know what? When you're dead... God become alive dead to my opinions dead to what I think dead, dead to religion religion just tries to separate God wants to unite God wants to empower God wants to give the grace that we need even in our time of need I don't know where you're at but some of you this morning Jesus said this and I'm done Jesus said in John 3 5 he said Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Water means baptism or cleansing. The Bible says we confess our sins. He's righteous righteous to forgive and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And he said, the spirit and he cannot enter into the kingdom of God look at me one or two responses you have this morning as I bring this to a close how I many you say Pastor Bubba God really spoke to me through this come on there's two responses you have this morning there's no other options either you have to realize there's some things I need to sacrifice there's things I need to do and I'm not talking about in our culture in South Louisiana, we say sacrifice, I got to do more. It's not about what you do. It's what you know that you need to lay aside. Does that make sense? I lay aside this. I'm, God, you've been speaking to me that I need to begin to do this. I need to go serve the crisis pregnancy center. I need to go serve to the convalescent home. I need to go and help. You know, one of the cool things when we had all the volunteers it was one, you know the, the greatest thing that the Catholic community did they washed all the clothes to the workers think about that even their underwear I'm not going anywhere else sacrifice and there are some things look at me that we need to die to including moi last week I just had a moment with God and he began to speak to me about Bubba. And he began to t- speak to me. He said, don't become like the culture of this world. Don't become criticism. Don't become, don't have criticism. Cynicism. Those things hold you back from seeing how I want you to see things. Helping people the way I want you to see, help people. Are you hearing me? Yes. 
I need to be dead. Look at me. Here's the option. We're going to pray this morning, all right? But if you feel there's things in your life that you know that God's speaking to you this morning, that you need to sacrifice, bring to the Lord right now, I want you to stand to your feet right now. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to plead. I'm not going to ask 20 times. Just get up right now. Come on, get up. Many people, come on. Many people. It's okay. Many people. All over. How many of you, here's the other thing. How many of you know there's some things you need to die to? Come on, get up. If you go, that's me, Pastor Bubba. There's been, I've learned this. A man can never crucify himself. He's always got a hand with a hammer on around it. See, I've learned this. If someone got crucified, they didn't go back to their home. Can we all stand up? Those that are still in their seat. Most of you are standing up. Can we just lift our hands to heaven? I'm going to pray with you this morning. Let's say this all out loud. Say, Lord Jesus, I come this morning and I ask that my life would be a living sacrifice acceptable to you. Let me do and let me begin to do what you've asked me to do out of obedience to you, out of love for you. Help me to be an ambassador that represents your kingdom. Help me to die to my opinion, my ways, my thinking. Help me to become alive in you like I've never been before in my life. Now let me pray for you. Father, thank you. We come. We make this commitment to you. You're the king. It's your kingdom. We want to be representatives. It's not my kingdom anymore, God. It's your kingdom. Have your way. Bring transformation. We don't need more information. We need transformation. God, we've come this morning because, God, not only do we want to be transformed, but, God, we want to be lit with the fire of God in our hearts with the passion that sees beyond our, our, ourselves and see the needs of others. So come, fill each person fresh and new with your Holy Spirit. Put a fire in them that burns holy and true for you. I pray that right now in your mighty name. Amen.